What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. This is Pete. Normally, I come at you with this show every Wednesday, but Justin had such a great, emotional, well-thought-out response to the atrocity that is the New York Reproductive Health Act. We're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, well, actually, not in just a second. A little bit later on in the show, I thought he covered it very well. We are in touch with the New York State Right to Life Initiative and their group. They're working on getting a representative so that we can talk to them. We're hoping for tomorrow's show that Evan and I do, if not sometime early next week. We'd also love to announce that Steve Dace, one of the Blaze TV podcast host radio host is going to be joining us next tuesday on our show so so a lot of exciting stuff going on here at empire state conservative network but first of all if you're new to the show welcome this is for new york-based conservatives who are tired of how the state is being run obviously the last two days between the reproductive health act and now the dream act which passed last night really bad omens for what's to come here in new york state if we don't get out there in 2020 and vote these schmucks out of office uh, unfortunately we've got till 2022 with cuomo but hopefully we're going to do something about schumer uh Gillibrand, obviously really going back on our word we, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today so let's dive right into it shall we so hey guys this next segment is brought to you by the blackhawk group Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. We're going to begin with something that happened here on Long Island, and this is uh, not kind of this band-aid legislation that a lot of the democrats like to pass because it's it's feel good and it, and it makes people feel that they're not as apt or responsible for something even though that's really not the case so according to news 12 state lawmakers overwhelmingly voted wednesday so yesterday to approve a bill that would end the mandate tying teacher evaluations to student scores on standardized tests. Under the law, the exact type of test will be decided by each school board and teachers union. The fact that half of the teacher's evaluation is still based on some sort of test or assessment has some superintendents on the island criticizing lawmakers for passing the law. According to Assemblyman Edward Ra, who was one of two Long Island representatives who voted no, He said 50, and I quote, 50% of a teacher's evaluation will still be based on assessments, which for all intents and purposes means more of the same. More high stakes tests, more concerned parents, more needlessly stressed kids, and more educators teaching to tests written by bureaucrats instead of meeting the individualized needs of their students. Look, the public education system has been broken for a long time. It's unfortunate. I know a lot of people who are teachers. In fact, my girlfriend is a public school teacher, and a lot of them are not happy with Common Core and how they've had to change their teaching methods to match Common Core foundations. Ultimately, if you don't teach to Common Core foundations more often than not, you lose your state and federal funding. So you can do it. It's not like a gun's held to your head. But if you are reliant on uh, state or federal funds to help your budget and to help your district out financially, then you got to go along with it. You know, in, in addition to that, too, I remember even when I was growing up before Common Core and all these other things, standardized tests are a joke. They are written by bureaucrats. They're not written by experts in the fields of history or math or science or what have you and they often don't indicate much of anything i know a lot of people like myself by the way who did not do well on standardized tests for me it was mostly out of boredom it wasn't that i couldn't do it it was just 
Why the hell am I reading about fish and all these other things when it has nothing to do with what I'm going to go to college for or what I want to do with my life afterwards? Obviously, if you're not going the collegiate route, these tests mean absolutely nothing to you. And I mean, you can opt to not take them, but you're often shunned if you do. We obviously have the region's diplomas, a lot of these tests. And uh, look, they really are a joke. They're supposed to test a student's aptitude and ability to excel in a subject, and they don't. And there are a lot of good teachers who may get dealt a bad hand. They may have a class of kids who are not set up to fail. The way that they're taught to teach may not set up students to be successful, whether it's on the test or just generally understanding a subject. It happens. I think that a lot of education reform has to be on. We had Larry Sharp on. We didn't really get into it on our episode when we talked to him last week. But he was big on education and giving educators back the power, saying, you know, we pay about $20,000 a year per student in New York State. Why don't we give that money to the parents, let them decide where their child goes to school. And when the child gets old enough, let him or her decide what path is best for them. Are they going to go the collegiate route? Are they going to learn a trade? What subjects are most important to what they want to do? And kind of formulate an educational plan around them. Right now, it's all about standardized tests like the SATs and the ACTs now and the regions. It's just not a good look. So, again, this is a feel-good bill that takes a little pressure off of educators, but in the long run, if their students don't do well on the tests that, they're, uh, that their districts want them to do well on, then they're going to be into trouble. So, uh, it's just something I wanted to point out. It's a Band-Aid bill, and it's a feel-good bill for some of the awful bills that have been passed in the state legislature the last couple of days. So, we're going to move on. So, quickly, Kirsten Gillibrand is losing support all across the state, and she damn well should. Because just back in October, mere, maybe I think it was a little over a week, about 10 days before the election, she was on a local CBS program and she was asked point blank by one of the hosts, are you or are you not going to be running for president in the new year? Your constituents have a right to know, which they did. Even if you liked her, you should know what her aspirations are. People like Elizabeth Warren, they're not shy about saying what their next plan is. So even though she too got reelected, at least her constituents had the understanding that that was ultimately what her goal was going to be in 2020. She wasn't planning to be the senator in Massachusetts for the long haul. Now, obviously she will be. She's an absolute joke. And that whole fiasco with the Native American thing and coming forward with the 1-1024th test was hilarious, and it completely undermined the very little credibility she had left. But someone like Kirsten Gillibrand, who lied on national, well, not national, on local television to her constituents who were tuning in multiple times. There was even another host on the show who, who asked her again and said, I don't believe you. And it's true. She's a snake. Unfortunately, here in New York State, ranked 50th out of 50 in terms of economic freedom, more red tape than just about any other state in the union. It's getting worse and worse, and we are not blessed. We are cursed with the likes of Governor Andrew Cuomo, with New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, uh, giving our state a bad name. The one thing you can give de Blasio, even though his rhetoric is ridiculous, is that We've known where he stands. Alexa just went off. See, they're spying on me. They don't want me to do this for you. Uh, getting back, Bill de Blasio has never been shy about where he stands. And Justin talked about this on his show yesterday. A lot of the far left, they are not shy about what they want to accomplish. And they accomplished it earlier this week. Like I said, we've been in touch with New York State right to life. And we're trying 
to get somebody on from them to talk about what next steps are. I know that they're going to be doing an event in Albany in the not-too-distant future with Senator Amador, who is one of the vehement oppositionists to this bill. But unfortunately, we have such a small minority in the state Senate that it doesn't matter if people like Senator Amador uh, vote against these things. I don't know if you saw or heard the video or the clip for when the reproductive health bill passed. They were applauding and cheering like they just won the World Series or the Super Bowl. It was sickening. It was a disgrace. And Justin went into the moral implications of this on his show yesterday. And now it looks like other states are looking to file suit. Vermont, Bernie Sanders country, looking to file suit with New York, letting people have abortions up until term, up until actually physically having the baby come out. That is an absolute travesty. The science is not on people who are pro-abortion side. It's not. The more that it's been looked at, the earlier and the earlier and the earlier they're finding that the fetuses or the cluster of cells, as they like to say, they, they can feel. They actually try to get away from the vacuum sucking them up. And it's just a terrible death, actually. You know, and, and I'm, you know, you saw Justin had to pause if you watched yesterday's or you listened to yesterday's episode. There were a couple of long pauses. And the reason was he gets emotional about this. He even said point blank at one point, I get emotional about this stuff. And abortion, since I was a little kid, since I was seven or eight years old, and this topic was first brought up to me in schools, and teachers, of course, I live on Long Island my whole life, um, outside of when I went to college, but teachers throughout school, for the most part, have always pushed pro-choice, and that's what they call it, pro-choice. Justin, again, went into this yesterday. It's not really pro-choice. You're choosing to kill, to end a life because it's not convenient for you. Yes, in cases of rape and incest, like Hillary Clinton, of all people, said it should be safe, legal, and rare. Rare being the key word. Maintained to 1% of those cases. The mother's life is in jeopardy or they've been raped or, or they're a product of incest, then it might be best. But outside, and even then it's questionable. It's a murky area. Like, I don't know if I can even wrap my head around that. But I do know if it just comes down to the 99% of other cases where it's merely girl gets, or woman, depending on how old, gets knocked up, you know, they had unprotected sex, or even let's say they had terrible luck and the condom broke. Still, when you have sex, that is always a risk. It doesn't matter how much protection you use or what have you. And it does come down to a choice. I remember this awful viral video that came out a year or two back when this was, again, a hot-button topic. It might have been even right before the Kavanaugh hearings, you know, the news cycle so fast. And it showed a handful of young girls from their late teens to their early 20s talking about how they'd gotten knocked up unexpectedly, often by guys that they weren't even with, just people they had one-night stands with or flings with. And the whole thought process of figure, finding out they were pregnant maybe talking to the guy, maybe not, and then ultimately having the procedure done, what they were thinking going into it and how they feel since they had it. And I remember there was one that was very hard to watch, and Andrew Clavin on his show on The Daily Wire talked about this. And I was surprised, and everyone on the show talked about this video uh, on The Daily Wire and on other conservative media. Andrew Clavin was the only one that picked up on uh, what, what I picked up on, at least he's the only one who vocally talked about it in public. And, he's, and there was this girl talking about how she went in, she was very nervous, she wasn't sure if she was doing the right thing, but through tears, and you can tell when someone's crying, if they're crying out of sadness, or they're crying out of uh, happiness, out of joy. This was not joy. This girl was still extremely morally conflicted when her decision to abort her baby still haunted her to this day. You could hear it, you could see it. 
and she was trying to put up a smile as tears are streaming down her face as she's sobbing, saying, it's still the best thing I've ever done. It was really hard to watch. I mean, I, I can't act it out, but I mean, that's one of, if not the biggest decisions a woman can make in her life is whether or not to keep a child that is growing inside of her. And the left's arguments are absolutely abhorrent. You know, the best one they can make is an emotional case to women. And, and often it's third, it's like third wave feminism bullcrap that they appeal to. It's your body. It's your choice. Look, you want to get a boob job, whether you're getting a reduction or an enhancement, you want to get a nose job, you want to get a piercing, you want to get a tattoo, whatever the case may be. Your body, your choice, 100% on board with you. Land of the free, home of the brave, all that good stuff. When another life, and often a life that can't really decide for itself. You know, human babies are very, very needy. They can't make decisions on their own for a long, long time. Up until, you know, early teens, they, they can't really make decisions. They're very dependent on their parents. That's how our species is. So taking this life away without it having a say, without giving it a chance, is absolutely abhorrent. And, you know, the, the left tries to, co- to concede and say, well, let's scientifically try and find out the best methodology or the best time where it's not really sentient, it doesn't feel anything or not as much or the very least. And, and let's try and cut it up there. It was 24 weeks here in New York State before this bill passed. And now it can happen up until term. Up until term is terrible. Justin said it perfectly yesterday. A woman a week out can just decide this is too much. I can't do it for whatever the reason. Abort the baby. That is evil. That is the epitome of evil. This bill is the epitome of evil. I'm glad there are groups, and many of you in the group who are trying to do something about it. A lot of you ask me, what can we do legally? Again, we're reaching out to New York State Right to Life. Senator Amador, I reached out to last night. I have not heard back yet, but it's not even 11 a.m. this morning as of when I'm recording this. We have, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're trying to figure that out for you. I don't have an answer. Unfortunately, based upon how this state is run, based upon who was elected into office and the vast majority of far left activists we have in the state Senate, there's not much we can do. And you can bet your ass because he had one World Trade Center and other buildings in New York City um, colored pink in celebration of this. And Justin said it too. It was a big fuck you to all of us. On the anniversary of Roe versus Wade being declared federal law. That is a big fuck you in the face of all of us. Making it pink is a, I guarantee you, it's not subconscious. It is a conscious decision to piss us off. And they really did succeed. And I really hope that we can do it. We're also going to be having Vicky Palladino. We're actually going to be meeting with her on Monday, Justin and I, and, and possibly Evan too, if he's able to make it. And we're going to try to get her on the show. And she was vehemently fighting against us upstate. This, this bill is abhorrent. This bill, absolutely terrible. And we need, we need to do something about it. And again, we're getting the word out. We're trying to keep you informed. And once we have answers from the New York State Right to Life, again, they're going to have a uh, meeting in Albany in the near future. So look into that. Follow them on Facebook. We even had, you could donate to them through our video yesterday, through the video podcast. Please support them. But uh, yeah, just, just absolutely terrible. And again, other states are now going to follow suit. Uh, like Vermont, obviously a Bernie Sanders country. Come on, he's definitely going to be on board with that. We can't allow this type of moral ineptitude to happen. This is not political. It's moral. And it's, it's a terrible, terrible showing. And it's this victim mentality that so many people that adopt. And sadly, there are even people in our group who follow us 
who exhibit the same type of victim mentality. Evan and I have talked about this ad nauseum, and it's because we've coached people in the past. We've done you know personal training and weight loss nutrition and stuff like that in the past, both, both he and I. And it's very true. People come in with a victim mentality. I can't do this. I shouldn't have to do that. Ultimately, you decide how your life plays out. If there's an obstacle in your way, you have the brain power and the physical prowess to overcome it. Everybody does. You just have to decide that you're going to do it and you're not going to sit back and twiddle your thumbs and wait for something good to happen. If that's how you are, you're not going to succeed in life. I'm sorry. And we're not going to take this Reproductive Health Act sitting down. We are going to fight back. And And the reason that we are doing this is to get people out in 2020 and beyond to vote these scumbags, and they are scumbags, to vote these scumbags out of office because they're doing a terrible disservice to us. I'm going to get to the DREAM Act in just a second, but I am glad that Kirsten Gillibrand is in hot water around the state. She's certainly not going to be winning a lot of votes because she went back on her word, and it's caught on tape, and it's recent. This isn't even Chuck Schumer a few years ago talking about the need for a border barrier and other measures and more strict laws to keep illegals and to deter illegals from coming in. It's not even that bad because time has passed, and he can play the old, oh, I changed my mind card. But she vehemently went back on her word just a few months after saying she's going to serve a six-year term and within three months she's changing her tune it's not a good look but anyway let's get into a few other things here this next segment is brought to you by items for all occasions items for all occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your events promotional needs whether it's announcements cards giveaways invitations tchotchkes or video books they have you covered Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocasions.com. So getting back locally here on Long Island, Evan and I had mentioned last week that um, ICE had been removed due to a, to a state court ruling that they're going to be removed from a jail here uh, in Nassau County, the county over from where I live, and they're going to be placed a quarter mile through So they're not too far from the jail, but still, they've been removed from there. And I'm going to read you this News 12 article. It's really short, but it, it really gets into <coughs> the issue here. Excuse me. And I'm glad that President Trump spoke out about this because it's absolutely disgraceful. So President Donald Trump called out Nassau Democrats during a meeting with conservative leaders at the White House over the decision to remove U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE agents from the county jail. I see in Long Island they don't want ICE. The radical Democrats don't want ICE there because they're too good. They're doing too good a job, Trump said. The really radical Democrats don't want them there because they don't want to do anything to disturb MS-13. Trump's remarks come after Nassau County Executive Laura Curran, should hit her up, announced earlier this month that ICE officers would be moved off of the jail's East Meadow property. Curran said she was shocked by the president's comments. She said, and I quote, I was stunned that from the White House, the president of the United States was talking about what's happening in Nassau County on day 33 of a government shutdown, she said. Curran said the county isn't cutting ties with ICE, but is rather minimizing the appearance of any impropriety by moving a few field officers from the jail property to an office about a quarter mile away at Nassau University Medical Center. It is very close, but again, why? She said from a state Supreme Court ruling, that's where it was done, led to her decision. The court ruled that it was illegal for ICE to hold prisoners that would otherwise be released. Why would these prisoners be released? If a prisoner is in jail and he or she is an illegal immigrant, they should not be released. They should be deported. Because regardless of 
whether it was a violent act or a really felonious act or whatever the case may be, the fact that they've been caught and they are sitting in a jail, they should not be released. They should be released to the authorities to then be deported back to where they came because they automatically are breaking the law. And I'm glad President Trump came out and supported the ICE officers, and so was uh, Nassau County uh, Police Benevolent Association President James McDermott. And he issued a statement saying, quote, I wanted to personally thank President Trump for weighing in on this very important issue and calling out those who want to interfere with the police cooperation with ICE while fighting the violent gang MS-13. MS-13 is a big deal around here. I was at a doctor's office just last week, and they had News 12 on. There were three MS-13 gang members at a school here on Long Island who stabbed a kid multiple times in a Burger King back alley. Over what? BS. He was a target. These people are sick. They do not deserve to be here. So people like that go into a jail and they're found to be illegals. Why should they be let out? Why give them due process? They're not our citizens. Send them back to where they came. Notify that country's authorities. Hey, we're sending back so-and-so. He or she did this. You can handle it. They shouldn't have been here in the first place. Removing them sets up things like this. Last night, the New York State Senate passed the DREAM Act. God damn, they passed the DREAM Act. So we warned you. They were going to pass the DREAM Act. It was just a matter of time. And again, very short article from News 12. I'm going to read this to you. State lawmakers in Albany voted to Wednesday to pass the DREAM Act. The Democrat-controlled Senate passed the act, which has been approved several times in the state assembly, including on Wednesday. Governor Andrew Cuomo has said he would sign the legislation. No shit, that was one of the things he ran on. The DREAM Act excuse me, would give undocumented students who graduate from a New York high school or receive a GED access to state financial aid programs. It would also create a special fund from private donations to make scholarships available to the children of immigrants. Gerson Sermeno is thrilled by the act passing. He says he came to the U.S. at age 13 to avoid gang violence in El Salvador. Sure, that wasn't the only reason. He graduated from Glen Cove High School and is working full-time in food services at a school in Nassau. He says he wants to study computer science at college but can't afford it right now. Lisa Healy of Hicksville says she has two sons and her family is also struggling to afford college. But she says her sons won't qualify for financial aid. I've seen this so many times. I know so many people who struggle, who struggle. They're only making between 60 and 80 grand a year as a family of four or five. And the child gets accepted to college and they have to report the nominal amount they make if they have a part-time job and they have to report what the parents make and then that sets them up to whether they receive financial aid or not. I've seen people making that little money with a family of four or five get rejected for financial aid. So you mean to tell me now, and that's not the only aspect of this bill, they want to give illegals driver's licenses in New York State. They want to give them access to healthcare. New York City, Bill de Blasio with his new system that he wants to implement. He wants to give every New Yorker, regardless of whether they're citizens or not, free healthcare. That's what they want to do. That's what they're going to do. Why are they doing it? We've been over this a million times. They want more voters. There are movements like Blexit. We had Khalid Rodriguez, one of the leaders of the black conservative movement on the other week. And he's 17 years old. The kid is smart as a whip. And he's 100% accurate, and I'm so glad that he's active on social media and in the community in trying to wake up black Americans. Hispanics, too, 
are starting to trend towards Trump. Now, there's still a minority, obviously, because a lot of them really don't understand the political system, and a lot of them want free stuff. They're indoctrinated by people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But there are a lot of them, too, that are waking up and realize a welfare state, for them, keeping them dependent on the government, is not good for them. It's not good. Morally, if you know you have a safety net all the time, you're never going to push forward to your utmost potential. You're never going to succeed to your utmost potential. Trust me, I know from personal experience, it's not a good thing to have a safety net like that, okay? So giving these people incentive, more incentive, to come from their crappy countries, which, let's face it, a lot of these countries, where they're coming from and where they live, like this person from El Salvador that was in this News 12 article, I'm sure it is written with gang violence. I'm sure it is dangerous. I'm sure it is impoverished. I'm sure it's much better here. Even if their poverty level here, that's still much better than where they came from. I understand that. But giving them free stuff, giving them free health care in New York City, giving them free access to a college education on our taxpayer money, giving them that, giving them driver's licenses so that when they get pulled over, they're not deported or sent to jail. I mean, you're incentivizing people to break the law. And then how can you have law? How can you have order? If you're incentivizing people who are desperate enough to come here that, hey, if you can get across the border and not get caught, guess what? You're going to get all this free stuff. What the hell do you think is going to happen? And then people get upset at the president for standing firm on the border wall. Now, the president has messed up because he had two years with majorities in the House and the Senate that he could have rejected those BS omnibus packages that he signed into law to allow the government to continue and not shut down. He could have done the shutdown a year or two back when he had the power, when the Democrats literally had no negotiating power. They are doing this. It is political posturing, and it's because they want to give him nothing so that one of their candidates, whoever turns out to be the front runner in 2020, has a shot at Trump. And they will keep coming back to this shutdown, the longest in history. It already is the longest in history. We don't know when it's going to end. So they can point back to this and say, look, he had two years. And it's not a bad point, by the way. I hate to say it. I support the president. He's done a lot of good things. But I do not like this. That this is now when you stick your feet in and try and hold true. He had two years to do this. And he should have done it then. Whether it resulted in a shutdown or not. You had the votes. It's easier to get a few votes than to get several dozen. <laughs> this is not a good look for the president. And it's not a good look for our state. Because again, it just shows, and we got a lot of messages and comments on this in the last couple of days, especially when I posted earlier today, what you wanted me to talk about. And I'm talking about it because it's just passed last night. One day after the Reproductive Health Act passed, which is a travesty, which we already covered, which Justin covered greatly yesterday. We're, now we got the DREAM Act and there's more to come. There's nothing we can do until 2020 at the earliest. And now a big issue that a lot of people have presented in the group, and they're right, is that even if we get up the vote, people don't vote for, they don't, they don't vote the party line, especially conservatives. Not everyone here is a Republican. I'm not a Republican. I'm not registered as a Republican. Evan isn't. I don't know if Justin is or isn't. I don't know if Jeff or Nicola are, aren't. But we're not registered with a party. I have voted for Democrats in the past who were more moderate because they were the best option in the given election. 
the, the Republican was an establishment Republican whose voting history was far worse. So I'd rather take a swing. On the flip side, I didn't do that this past election, by the way, in the midterms. I voted pretty much straight red and Larry Sharp. That was what I did. But, you know, you, you got to be informed and you have to look at, okay, who am I voting for? What offices are up for grabs? Who should I vote for? And do it not based on party. Do it based on, are they actually going to do what they're going to do? Do they have a voting record? Do they have a history in talking about these issues? What have they said? Have they flip-flopped? These are all things that you should know before you vote. You can't just vote red or vote blue or vote whatever. You need to look into who you're voting for and understand that. If you don't do that, then you're no better. And one of the key points in the group is that there are a lot of establishment Republicans that lost their seats or lost elections this past November because, and because their voting history indicated that they stood by when the SAFE Act, um, yeah, when, when the SAFE Act was passed. They stood by. They did nothing. Even if they voted against it, they did nothing. They didn't try to rally up the base or rally up the troops and try to swing a few of their um, state senators, their, their colleagues, in the opposite direction. They did nothing. They just sat back and let it happen. There's too much of that. Obviously, it's in Washington. We see that all the time. There's too much of that here, too, in New York State. Nobody's excited about these candidates. Nobody. And the ones that we should be excited about, they don't get the time of day. The media, local state media, even national media. You know, Larry Sharp, for example, got more national media. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He was on Dave Rubin. He was on our show, too, which you should check out uh, on iTunes. But he got more national attention than local attention. Less than a quarter of New Yorkers even know who the hell he was. That's not good. How was a good candidate going to win when it's all set up against them? Here's how. You get behind us. We're pushing out the word, not just to vote, but we're going to find good candidates, whether they're up for re-election or whether they're entering the fray and trying to unseat an incumbent Democrat. We're going to push those people. We're going to have them on this show. We're going to talk to them. We're going to let them talk to you. We're going to make you aware of them so that if they represent your district, they represent your county, whatever the case may be, you know who they are. And you know that they are the answer and they are part of the solution towards unseating a lot of these people who have shit in our face literally over the past two days. First the Reproductive Health Act, then the DREAM Act. It's disgraceful. It's evil. It's evil. That's all it is. It's evil. One is political posturing so they can get more votes. And they can appeal to their far left base. And the other is just a giant fuck you to us. Ha ha, you lost. So it's now something you hold sacred. Human life, of all things. It's not a religious issue. It's not a political issue. This is, it's a human rights issue. And they're saying, ha ha, that's what they're saying. And we let it happen. We did. Someone made a great point. Forget his name. I'm sorry, dude. But he made a great point earlier today in the group. And he said that it's our fault. Because we're not running good candidates. And we're not showing up to the polls. So between those two things, we're losing these elections. The state Senate just got a hell of a lot bluer. And now these two things have happened this week. It's been a terrible week here in New York City. Terrible. But we can do something about it. And you know what? Here's what you should do. You should help support us. And Justin made a plea to this yesterday. I'm going to make a plea today. Why should you support us? It doesn't take a lot to support us. We just started right before the midterms. It came around a little too late, but we were sick and tired of seeing the biased media coverage locally and statewide 
Justin said it yesterday in his podcast, and it's true. Politics is local. If you choose or you're apathetic towards your local politicians, you're the one who ends up getting screwed. Jurisdiction changes even throughout the state. Laws change even throughout the state. We talked about earlier in the week, New York City's gun regulations. You have to get a license to have a gun in your home, even a shotgun, A, which is against your Second Amendment right, then you can only take it to one of seven places, seven shooting ranges in New York City. You can't leave the city with it. You can't go anywhere else with your weapon, even if you're driving out of the city to another home of yours or somewhere else, like to a range outside the city. You can't go, like Evan said, to the Nassau County shooting range near Nassau Coliseum. You can't do that. You can't go upstate hunting with your gun if you live in New York City. It's disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. And we let it happen. We can't let it happen in 2020. Like we said, we're going to get people on this show. People who are running for office, whether they're incumbents or whether they're looking to unseat an incumbent. People with good ideas. People who genuinely want to do well by you. And we're going to get the word out. We're going to vote. We can't outvote the city. We can. The problem is so many conservative New Yorkers feel, upstate in central New York, they feel that it doesn't matter what they do. And I had people saying, well, I voted and I voted. That's awesome. Your neighbors didn't. Your family members didn't, perhaps. That's not on you, per se. You did your part, but they have to do theirs. There are 4 million gun owners in New York State. If every single one of them voted against Andrew Cuomo, he'd be gone. Whether Molinaro got in or someone else, he'd have been gone. Would it have been better? We don't know. But we know it can't get any worse than Andrew Cuomo. It can't. Roll the dice so you can help support us. We have been personally spending to reach you. If you found our page, unless it was shared to you by a friend or family member, we paid so you found our page. We paid Facebook out of our own pockets. Me, Evan, Justin. We have been paying every day to get in front of you. We work hard for you to get this word out to you, to spread the message, to show that There are people like you in the state. We can save the state. This week was a giant step back. But again, we have another shot in 2020 and 2022. We have a shot every couple of years to do some damage, to shake things up. And we need to shake things up bad. So please consider supporting us. You can do that in a couple of ways. One, donations. $5 a month will get you a Don't Let Your Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. Those sold like hotcakes a month or so back when we first released them. You get that free. You're also going to get access to requesting what we talk about on every show. You can ask us questions or give us topics, and we'll cover them. Why? Because you're a subscriber, and you're helping us out, so we're going to help you out by covering the things that you want to talk about. $5 a month. That's $60 per year. You want to save some money? Pay us $50 one time for this entire year. You get an Empire State Conservative Network hoodie, like the one I'm wearing. And on top of that, you can get a customization on the back. I'm not going to spin around and show you, but believe me, and you can see the images, my name and number are on the back. You can do the same for you. We have sizes small through 5XL. These are selling on our site, by the way, for $60. And you can get it for $50, free. By just sending us $50, we're going to make this for you. We're going to make you your hoodie and mail it to you, along with the wristband, along with the mailbag access. And you're going to get access, like I said, to the politicians 
and to the pundits that we're going to be having on the show to discuss what we can do as New Yorkers to take back this once great state. It was once great, not even that long ago. But it's been mucked up badly by Cuomo, by Schumer, by Gillibrand, and by all the local and state politicians that got into office because we were apathetic, we did not show up, and we did not produce good candidates. That is not happening anymore. We're going to make it happen. So please support us by either donating or just going to our store. We're selling the hoodies, whether just with the logo on the front or the customization on the back. And we're also selling the wristbands. We're going to have more merch coming your way in the very near future. But for that, guys, I am Pete. Thank you so much for watching. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and subscribe. It really helps. We're also looking to attract sponsors, as you may have heard or seen throughout the show. But have a great day, everybody. Evan and I will be coming at you tomorrow on Friday. Have a good one. Hey everybody, it's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at GetRedPill76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom. <laughs>